Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast, your one-stop shop for AFL and Supercoach news. This is Cheezo. We're on once again with JB. My friend, how are you, legend? I'm good. And I know I've heard it before with the last podcast, but that intro is still throwing me off a little bit. I miss the 18 E's pronounced in Cheezo. So um, I'm, glad, I'm glad we're getting a little bit more professional, but it's, uh, <laughs> at the same time, it'll be missed. Look, it's uh, it's a strange season. I've gone with the strange intro just to you know make it fit into the 2020 vibes. Uh, mate, we got uh, an interesting topic. We uh, Our last podcast was players that we thought we were going to buy. Later on in the podcast, we're going to talk about some players you should be sell, sell, sell um, and, and getting out of your team uh, for many different ways. Uh, but JB, we'll jump straight into the Patreon shout-outs. We've got a couple new sign-ups in the last seven days. And I thought it was strange that you threw this job to me for probably the first time since you've uh, been on a podcast, you've given it to <laughs> someone else, uh, and that I've had a little uh, read of the names and noticed something a little bit weird. So uh, firstly, I'd like to welcome Sydney Tarai, and uh, that might be mispronounced there, so please please hit me up if I have <laughs> Sydney's straight in uh, on the Twitter, might I add, um, tweeting out that he joined up on the Patreon, and then what we're straight on, into the Slack as well. So I love that from him. And then we've got a Mr. Wayne Kerr who's also jumped in as well. And uh, I have no issue with Wayne. That's that's his name that he's put down here. I'm not trying to insult him at all there. So um, thanks for that one, Cheezo. I appreciate uh, that going out on the airwaves. I, I thought it was interesting that Wayne uh, signed up and his DP immediately was a picture of you. So uh, I don't know if that's a little bit reading between <laughs> the lines, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, another interesting thing that we do just want to jump into, a little bit exciting. Uh, tomorrow, or probably today when you're listening to this, uh, Thursday the, uh, the tw- 11th, of June, if I can get my dates right. Uh, Pistol and his partner are going to be featured on the morning show at 10.25, talking about Supercoach and all things interesting for the uh, the 2020 season. Now, I've got a, a shout-out to anyone out there uh, in the Twitter sphere. If you can take a really, really good Snapchat filter of Pistol, the the funniest the funniest one will get a retweet for me. I, I'm I'm hoping that's going to give me some blackmail stuff so that I can, uh, you know, if if I ever need a keeper league trade that, to go through, I can just kind of, uh, you know, pop that up into the chat and say, hey, this is going up on Twitter, up on the main page, unless you you trade me Dangerfield. So uh, uh, hopefully we can find some uh, um, some good photos of of Pistol. But no, that's. Um, it's going to be no, it, no filter might win that competition. <laughs> I, I guarantee pistols. Uh, he's good. He's good for the uh, audio. Not sure he's great for the uh, the television. His partner, however, his wife, um, definitely the opposite. Yeah, my concern is that they might miss the deadline because he's in makeup for so long, just trying to get some colour into his face. <laughs> yes, that wouldn't shock me. Poor Casper. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's exciting. Make sure to, to check in with that. And just before we do get into the content of the podcast, we do have some teams named for tomorrow for Thursday, uh, Collingwood and Richmond at the MCG at 740 uh, f- Collingwood only have one change. That's Mason Cox being omitted in favour of Darcy Cameron, who's named at full forward. JB, that's uh, you know why couldn't this have happened in round one? We already had him in our teams, but that's uh, another matter. Uh, and Richmond have Basher Hawley back and Jack Higgins, the feel-good story uh, after a little bit of a topsy-turvy uh, 2019 with health issues. Health issues. Uh, Josh Caddy out with calf soreness and Nankervis has been omitted in favour of Marlon Pickett as the second ruck. JB. Yeah, I've heard the uh, the second ruck, Marlon Pickett. I mean, look, as long as he's somewhere in the midfield, it's I think it's great for our super coach teams, whether he's rucking or, or playing on the ball. So 
Um, regardless, maybe it means he gets a couple more minutes on field. I don't think it's particularly a bad thing. Uh, Darcy Cameron, I can see him having a good stretch, but I doubt his job security will really warrant a trade-in if you missed out on him already, unless um, it just falls into your plans and, and it works out that way for you. But um, I wouldn't be shuffling too much around to grab that Darcy Cameron. And the only other thing to note is uh, the, the return of Hooley might mean... Uh, those who took the punt on Jaden Short this year uh, might see a little bit of a points decrease. Um, I think he, he had an okay round one, uh, nothing to write home about, but uh, yeah, one to watch there as well. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I'll just shoot this to you quickly before we do get into players that we, uh, we're looking to maybe move out of our sides. The inclusion of Darcy Cameron, does that give you pause to kind of hold on on bringing in Naismith, potentially, if that was something you were, you know, if you are looking to do... Uh, maybe a gone down to Sna- uh, to Naismith. Does Darcy Cameron, you know, maybe just think twice about that? What are your thoughts? I was thinking twice about that when I heard the news during the week that Darcy Cameron suffered a bit of a uh, hamstring Naismith, tightness. Sorry, yeah, Naismith yeah, yeah. Um, was suffering a bit of hamstring tightness. That was that was enough to wake me up on the whole Gorn to Naismith trade. The reason I didn't start with Naismith was because of the potential injury. Um, they've got the Sunday game, so we won't know for sure. Um, he'll be potentially the last late out of the round um, if he is a late out. So I think there's just too much risk now going in with Naismith. And uh, it does add a little bit to the whole Cameron story as well because you might want cover if you don't have Segler. Um, in your side as well, if you do have Naismith already. So um, a couple of aspects to have a look at there as well. Yeah, I think um, you can kind of take the information two ways, can't you? I'm someone that's kind of trying to find as many reasons as possible to get out of bringing Naismith into my side. Uh, I know other people will think, uh, you know, be in the exact opposite boat, but um, I've kind of confirmation biased myself into seeing them as both negative Things you know, the the introduction of Darcy Cameron makes me less likely to want Naismith, and the the hamstring awareness. I think it was. I think he's still slated to play, but um, it, I, I think it highlights just the the risk that you're taking by getting a bona fide ruck like Gorn down to a Naismith only for something to go wrong, because then you're kind of screwed. So um, for me personally, it's just kind of shone a light on that. Uh, but we will jump into the content of the podcast that we have today, JB. Players that we might think about selling from our sides if you already have them. We're going to start in the defense line again. We're going to start with a premium that we weren't very hot on in the preseason. There's a lot of play- a lot of coaches out there that do still have this premium priced player, and that's Jake Lloyd, JB. We're thinking about selling him for a number of reasons. What would be one of the reasons that you don't like the thought of having Jake Lloyd going into 2020? So the main thing that stands out to me is the contested style of play and what that meant for the players that were uh, strong contested type of players. So uh, we saw a lot of big scores from players like Viney, uh, who was obviously in amongst it. Cripps got over the 100 mark, uh, Clayton Oliver around 100 as well. A lot of the players, they're probably actually bad examples with the whole uh, contested beasts. A lot more players, I think Cunnington did really well as well in round one. Um, a lot of players that play that type of game style dominated the Supercoach early. Um, Lloyd is obviously quite the opposite, and with the inclusion of Dawson still in that defensive line, I think it's just, with your five trades now and his hefty price tag, you can essentially go down to any defender. Um, Bashar Hurley coming back, or you know maybe you want to take a punt on Jeremy Howe, I think it's just a really good opportunity to jump off of Lloyd this week. Yeah, and you know he's considerably the most expensive player 
in our defensive lines that we can pick from at 591,000. The thing that we were concerned about in the preseason was that with all the changes that Sydney was slated to have and, you know, his tailing off towards the end of last year, there was a few signs that we were concerned that he wasn't going to be able to keep up to that same standard that we held him in in the, the you know, the, the 110 kind of range. Um, it's interesting. Yes, we've we've got to keep emphasising that we only have one game's worth of data, but um, you can still make some inferences from that. And there seems to be a benefit to those playing more of a contested style, as you say, an intercepting type style. Um, and, you know, just reconfirming what you're saying is, I think this is probably one of the only opportunities where, you know, we might ever have in Supercoach where you have those five trades and you're actually going to be flexible enough to use the money you get from Jake Lloyd to put it towards someone else. So um, uh, I, th- I think that's a, a really good suggestion. Um, and he's in tw- nearly 27% of teams. So this is a, a really yeah, crazy, a really relevant discussion for a lot of coaches out there that may be considering moving, on, moving him on. And just like we said with Gorn, that extra price is going to be able to be used across your field and you can actually fix up a structural issue that you might have as opposed to just swapping premium players um, as as the case may be, JB. So um, he's definitely one we'll start with. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, pretty much the talk of the town in terms of defensive options we want to get out of our sides. So that's Dylan Robertson, mate. Um, tell us some, some reasons why you might want to sell him. Yeah, so we didn't know exactly what role he was going to have for the season. Uh, round one has shown a little bit of light onto that. They did have a couple of omissions still as well uh, with players like Webster to come back into the side. Um, but it just it didn't obviously didn't look good, as you can tell by his score. And uh, even despite the itchy finger of, uh, of people just wanting to trade him out just based on that score, the more we look into it, the more you see that he just... He didn't have the role that we desired going into the season. And if he's going to be playing this role, there's no way he averages 26. He probably still goes around. I mean, he, he's got potential to go around the 70 mark as it is. Um, and that is about what his break-even is of 73. But at his price tag, he, he, you're now looking at at least three weeks of games for him to start making that serious money. That's if he does start going 70+, plus, um, which would be a, a decent turnaround from round one. A long time out of the game, not playing the role that we that we desired. Potential players like Stephen Hill, uh, Dude, and uh, I mean there are there are plenty of others coming in. Um, not not too cheap. We got I know we know Rivers is playing for Melbourne um, as well, but there are players that you can go up to as well, like Jeremy Howe. That that isn't too much of a stretch. Um, I think Robertson uh, is a great correction or trade for the for the round. Um, and just to wipe your hands clean of uh, what what looks to be a mistake. Yeah, I totally agree. And and what we're saying is a lot of people, you know, paraphrasing again, is that a lot of people are getting those tri- trigger fingers, you know, ready to to get out of our side just because he performed for- poorly. But as we're always kind of preaching, is you got to find a reason as to why that score happened. Anyone can have a good or bad week um, at any given time, but you you need to look at that role. And I think you've summed it up well that. You know the role that he played in the preseason is not what he played in round one, and that's enough reason for me to try and move him on, especially if we have um, the likes of Dude, for example, just a straight swap. So uh, I really like that description from you. The next player that we're going to talk about, um, someone that you know is probably our D6, hopefully D7, if uh, you are able to get him there, and that's Zerk Thatcher from the Bombers. Is there any potential that he? Well, I guess the is he going to hold his spot? Is the question I'm asking. 
Well, Paddy Ambrose was injured, so he was taking Ambrose's spot. Um, I think he could have held his spot if he played um, out of his skin. You could probably tell uh, the people better than I could, being a Essendon supporter yourself. But now, considering he... I mean, he wasn't terrible, but he just wasn't... You didn't notice him. He, he just was pretty much non-existent out there. Um, he had a few nice touches that were, that were clean, a couple of switches, um, but he was pretty much just... I mean, I don't want to say a decoy because that seems incredibly harsh, but um, let's face it, Ambrose is going to come in and do a much better job than what uh, Zerk Thatcher was able to do in that first round. So I'd be pretty surprised if he kept his spot. And even if he did, uh, I think we'd be working on some pretty shaky job security for someone who is 190k and and doesn't look like making pretty much much money at all. Yeah, and uh, you know I agree with that. The, as far as I'm aware, Ambrose is pretty much ready to go, and they they love his tank as opposed to um, uh, you know his skill set is able to 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 match up quite close as a defensive option. So uh, it'll be interesting. The one thing that the Bombers do tend to do is the the only rookies or the only young kids they tend to give games to are always half back flankers. I think we must have half a, a list of half black you know <laughs> you 20, do, you 20, really 20 year olds for some reason. Um, but yeah, so uh, there's the potential he will hold his spot, but um, I'm kind of leaning towards the side that he he might just uh, just miss out and maybe be an emergency. Uh, we've got another. You have couple players of... like Jordan Ridley who dominated as well. That's and I right. Think he yep. was probably on the brink as well. Yeah. So um, I, I think he's he's very much uh, picked very late in the 22, um, and if everyone's fit and firing, he might be just sliding out, which is difficult. Um, when we move into the other players that we've got in the defensive line there, uh, we've got another rookie, Stasevic. Interesting to know if he's going to hold his spot, JB, as well. The more I think about it, the the more I consider that he's probably going to over Dev uh, Robertson. Um, Dev was a late in for, I think it was Grant Birchall. Sorry, it was that long ago. If I've got that wrong, I, I do apologize. Your but... memory's better than mine, mate. I can't remember that long ago. <laughs> uh, so Starcevic was in the, the starting 22 he did not rely on the, the late injury to get called up so uh, I would assume considering he's also had another year on the list over DevRob um, that he'd hold his spot maybe for another week or so but uh, if that form continues then uh, you can imagine he'll be out in, in that week or two anyway so uh, we do now have Rivers poking up so if you want to secure that 30k I would not be opposed to it um, if he did get named, though, I, I assume we have bigger issues at hand. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, but we will, we will wait and have to wait and see. That's the the, the only unfortunate thing. Um, another defensive option, McCasey. Interesting to see if he's going to hold his spot with the uh, the, the talk that Duda is ready to go. Yeah, and it, there seems to be a theme already. I know we're starting from defense, but there are a lot of defenders that I think we need to correct and. Uh, a lot of people are looking to make money and then just insert it straight into defense. So um, we're kind of covering that all straight away here. And McCase is another one. If you did start with him, uh, he scored terribly. I think there were some interviews in the preseason that said that he and Dude could play together. And uh, something just came out in the Twitter sphere recently, uh, is, is in the last 30 minutes or so, saying that Dude might not be in, in for this week. So maybe McCase survives another week, but... At that inflated price, it's another one where he's just not scoring well enough either. And uh, with shaky job security, all we need is for one or two decent players to present themselves. And if you maybe skipped over on Zerk Thatcher and you've got McCasey and now Rivers is named, then I mean it might be worth holding another week to see how Rivers goes, but that's a trade that seems pretty inevitable to me. Yeah, and the thing with McCasey is that we always knew that he was going to be a low scorer. And so... 
the the increased price, uh, you know, just didn't really seem to have a benefit um, in my mind just because we knew that he was just going to be that low scoring, a little bit more. Um, he, he might he might play f- uh, a little bit freer if Duda's there, but um, predominantly a, li- a more shut down. So um, I, I, I would be looking, like if I had BZT, Stasevic and McCasey, I think I would personally be looking to move McCasey on first and, you know, heaven help you if you do have all three because you might be in some, some strife um, <laughs> once the teams are named. Uh, but I agree with pretty much everything you say there. We We have some defensive options that we need to sort out and hopefully Rivers is, uh, from Melbourne is going to help us out with that because he was probably the only one in the preseason you'd say JB that we had any confidence uh, in locking into our sides in January because he's the only one back there of a cheap price that could score <laughs> based on his game so <laughs> unfortunately we have Will Gould penciled in as well until Horse said that he's uh, he's not ready for AFL oh no he, he's not going to score Dominating. we just thought he would play that's the difference <laughs> <laughs> yeah true true <laughs> All right, we're, we're done with a lot of the def- defensive lines. Oh, I, I should just ask before we move on from defense, Stan Houston, where you, where you stand on him? Is he is he a sell player or are you still going to keep him? I get a lot of questions about this, obviously, because I pioneered for him so heavily. Um, In like we smashed- August, I might add. Yes, true. Uh, last year. Um, but we, we smashed Gold Coast and it, it just seemed like the players who started off well um, really just continued on and dominated the game. So uh, if you didn't have a great first quarter, which Houston didn't, um, they were kind of left behind a little bit. So um, the the fact that he was still getting the midfield time, um, I'd be I'd be so shocked if he played midfield to end the season last season, trained there all preseason, got all those good words from Ken Hinckley and Michael Voss in the preseason, and then got dropped after one game uh, back into defence. After I mean, he still scored seventy nine. It's not like he was non existent. Um, he wasn't clean by foot, which is typically a strength of his. Um, he's a very contested player as well, uh, but can hit you on the outside. I would be surprised, considering he didn't play to his strengths in game one, if uh, if the 79 score that he put out wasn't a, a pretty much a flaw as to what I expect for him uh, if he does keep up that full-time midfield spot, which I fully expect, Chizo. So um, I've, got, I've still got utmost confidence in... Uh, Houston, and I haven't considered trading him out for a second. Okay, good. I was really just trying to, uh, you know, break your balls there a little bit, but I'm glad that we got did get a breakdown because the questions come out a lot. So I think people are losing faith already. Mate. I, I think you can stop responding on Twitter now. <laughs> I'm starting to add explicits as well, so it's getting me angry. It's been a long Even time. Blind. We've been staring at that 79 in our teams, mate. You got to remember that. Just, <laughs> I know that that, that, and, that frustration just builds up over time. Hey, mate, we'll, we'll jump into the midfield. Um, we're going to start with two doggies. You can combine them together if you like, because um, they, you know, both, you know, might have similar reasons as to as to why you might be looking to trade them out after a poor round one. That's uh, Bontepelli and Dunkley, mate. What are your thoughts on those two? I, you know, I'm I'm in the camp of having started McRae and Dunkley, and it leaves me with the uh, the question of uh, whether I might move him on to another premium. What are your thoughts? I like that you mentioned McRae there as well. He scored 103, which, as we know for McRae, is actually well below his standard as well. So generally, we expect 120 plus and. Uh, if he's scoring about between 110 and 120, then he's had a bad game. He only put out 103. So it kind of just typifies what Collingwood did to Western Bulldogs. Spanked and that's them. Kill them. Yeah. Kill them through the midfield specifically. They got every clearance. 
Um, despite that, Dunkley still had decent statistics when it comes to um, how he should have scored, given that he had the most centered bounce attendances for the uh, Bulldogs still. Um, the contested style of play that, that showed uh, Cunnington and Viney's score, huge 150-plus scores, uh, should also suit uh, Dunkley in the future. They play St. Kilda this week. He's got a break-even of 174, which he has hit in the last uh, 12 months. So um, if I were to sort of just start on Dunkley specifically, um, I know a lot of people are using him as the scapegoat to go to Viney. Um, I just don't think it's it's that simple. I don't think he's a straight uh, trade out. So um, I think if I were to if I were to vote on it right now, I'd say seventy um, percent of me would want to keep Dunkley over trading him down to someone like Viney or uh, whoever you're looking at in that midfield. As for Bontempelli, we know that he's the first one to get tagged. Um, he he does he does obviously have the occasional bad game in him. Um, I'm a little bit more concerned about Bontempelli. Um, the the sort of style of play doesn't suit as much as Dunkley, uh, the new scoring system as we've seen. Um, but having said that, I mean, Chizo, would we be surprised if he went under 110 for the season still? I probably wouldn't. So um, that that says to me that he's still going to be up there. Um, and if you don't need to sideways trade him or you don't have that fifth trade, I wouldn't be stressing too much. Yeah, okay, yeah. It, it, it does make sense in that... Um, I love that you pointed, you, you brought the whole thing back to, to McRae as well, saying that uh, it wasn't just like Bont and Dunkley that had a bad game and therefore they're going to drop price. It was their midfield as a whole. And it's not like, um, uh, I know Dunkley did spend some time forward, but he was still, you know, the center, the, the Bulldogs threw their, their standard center rotation in there. I think um, McRae, Dunkley, English and Bont were in there for like 15 or 20 centre bounces each, and I think the next best yep. was like five. So like, it's not like that he was shoved forward like he mentioned in January that he might do what's best for the team or whatever. He was still playing midfield. They just got outclassed. So it's a really good really good point. I think that applies to both of them that um, I still think they're going to have great years. They've got a great mix of inside and outside, contested and free-flowing play. So uh, I still see good things... The only, the, the, I, I want to, I, I honestly want to know what people think about their sides when they click on Bont, hit trade, and then bring Viney in. Like, and then they look, they stand back and look at it. Does it make, does it make you feel good about it? It's kind of my yeah. question. Like, I, I've personally hit Dunkley, uh, like, oh, I haven't hit Dunkley, traded him out and brought in <laughs> Viney, and then had a look at it. And I'm like, this just looks so sketch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it does. It just makes me feel uneasy, and it makes me feel like I'm bringing in someone I, I'm planning on trading out later, you know. So for that reason, I'm thinking it, that Viney has to be a cash grab. He has to go hundred hundred to make me a hundred k, and then I'm going to flick him to someone else. It may even be Dunkley again, you know. So yeah, um, I think it's important that people you know acknowledge that Viney may not be a season long keeper and. Looking at the players that are around that you can pick up, like I can go, um, I can save seven thousand dollars and go get um, Paddy Dangerfield over Dunkley. That it, that to me is more appealing because we've got exposed history with Danger. We know how he plays um, over the next month. He plays a lot of home games. He averages like one twenty eight or something in the last twelve twenty four months. That to me makes me feel more comfortable on my side than picking Viney with my fingers crossed that he's going to go 100-100 and make me some cash. Does that, yeah, does that, does that sort I, of make sense? 
No, you're right. And uh, as every day goes past, I I consider more and more what I'm thinking when I when I put Viney into my squad and and just look at it and think about the past. And you know, he has scored big scores before, and he scored very low scores as well. And uh, the fact that Clayton Oliver only put out a 99, there's every chance they they flip for the rest of the season. Um, and it was it was just a one-off uh, Viney explosion. So. Uh, no, I'm definitely not convinced with Viney. Uh, he's currently not in my trade plans. Unfortunately, um, I'm going against my own advice here, which I shouldn't do, but uh, Dunkley is on the chopping block for me because I do need the money to, to upgrade my defense, and it's got to come from somewhere. I'm keeping Gorn, so uh, i got to pluck it from somewhere. Uh, at the, unfortunately, Dunkley was my worst performing player besides everyone in my defense. So um, I've got a bit of a question for you, Tizo. Sure. If you had... All three Western Bulldogs players, and you were doing what I was doing and needed a cash grab. Um, obviously, you're keeping McRae. Yep. Who out of Bontempelli and Dunkley are you actually trading out? That's a great question. Um, I'm going to have to say the Bont, and that may be controversial, and people may be you know, screaming at their podcast platform right now. <laughs> but there's a reason that I started McRae and Dunkley this year as my two doggies instead of McRae and Bont. And that's because I see the ceiling of Josh Dunkley to be bigger over the long term because he's never going to cop attention. Bontempelli has the ability to go be a focal point forward. And I'm not saying Dunkley can't, but Bontempelli has shown that he is more successful he's better in, at it, in yes, being a target. Sure. Yeah, And he's also the more highly skilled player and the one that has exposed history on being one that cops attention. Now, that's not to say that Bontempelli is not a potential Brownlow winner in the coming years that could average 115, 120, or even higher in a year that everything goes his way. But I started this year for that reason that I thought that Dunkley had slightly more upside than what Bont did. Um, and and I, I, I think I have to stick by that. I don't think anything's changed since uh, I picked my team in the preseason. That's probably, you know, I'd be contradicting myself if I said that I was going to trade Dunkley and not the Bont when I don't even have Bont there because I picked Dunkley over him, if that makes sense. Yeah, and after the one round's evidence, you, you're not exactly going to just... Yeah, it hasn't told us a whole out. lot. They just got pantsed. Yes, they did. I agree. I think the the tag factor is big enough to say that um, Dunkley's a better keeper than Bontempelli. Yeah, and we'll know that in a few few rounds' time. Viney might be averaging one twenty, and I'll look like an idiot. But um, <laughs> I have to go. I, yeah, I have to go on exposed form, and um, I, I love that people are looking for new ways to make cash in twenty twenty. It's just um, just something that I'm 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 not comfortable doing with my side at this stage. So mm. I, I think they're the two premiums that a lot of people had uh, had questions about. Most of the other premiums aren't really on the chopping block per se. Um, so we will talk about some rookie options that may need the flick. Um, one of the potentially the highest scoring midfield rookies that we'd been hoping for in 2020 was Tom Green from the Giants. He has that inside game. He's a contested beast and such a good clearance player but with a Giants midfield like that how does he possibly keep his spot JB yeah and especially with the captain Callum Ward oh wait former captain I don't know if he gave that up or if he just got injured but uh, (laughs) at at the very least former captain uh, Callum Ward returning um, essentially they are there to do the same thing and that's to to mop up the, the loose ball whenever it falls uh, somewhere inside the pack uh, to go and just grab it and, and you know shelve it out to one of the runners like Josh Kelly or Zach Williams on the outside. 
Um, and given that they do the exact same thing, I assume Ward will get the uh, the nod there over Green. I hope it doesn't mean Green gets dropped. There's still the chance that he keeps his spot and moves to the bench for the sake of someone else in the team. Um, I do think, as you said, I think he's got a lot of potential, especially for the super coach. And uh, the first week's score, um, I think we'll find in a few years' time, will be uh, one of his lowest scores of his career, probably. Um, but it is looking like it's 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 probably more surprising. It'll be more surprising at selection uh, if he keeps his spot over uh, getting dropped. So um, it is unfortunate, but there is an opportunity to make a good 40k there if we drop him down to someone who's coming in like maybe Jackson Mead or, or Ned McHenry. Yeah, and uh, probably another one you're overlooking there is Tyler Brown from Collingwood. He was... Um, Definitely. Yeah, came came in late into the piece. Like he he didn't really feature in many sides until maybe the last week before round one kicked off. Um, but he's confirmed to be playing tomorrow as well. I, I, I should have said at the top of the show, um, c- confirmed in the side. So he's guaranteed to make cash this week with a break even of negative seventeen. I don't even. I didn't even mention Harley Bennell. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We 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 we. Um, definitely an option. I think I think we did touch him a little bit on the the. The last podcast, my opinion, I think Pistol um, echoed the sentiment that we might want to see another week from Harley Bennell. Uh And I think there are more concerning options in defense in that we might have the potential of a donut uh, more likely than, say, the midfield, potentially, um, if you've got someone on the bench. So if you you know you can't bring in Rivers and Harley Bennell next week, or I guess you can, but you might you might have other things that you need to fix up <laughs> fix up as well. well. There's like a dozen debutants this week, so it is going right. to be wild next week. So so what I'm saying is, with five trades, we may be forced to take a punt on a no game player, which is usually a uh, Supercoach 101 never do list, but. You know, with five trades this week and two trades next week, we can't bring everyone in next week. So, yeah, I, I think that I'd be more comfortable taking a punt on the, the a defensive rookie um, as opposed to Harley Bunnell in the midfield bench, but uh, each to their own. Um, we'll jump into the next one. Is another midfield uh, rookie in Devon Robertson. I always get that name mixed up, JB. Uh, <laughs> I always say Robertson. And, yes, uh, yes, or he, Robinson or... He he's kind of like a I wouldn't say a poor man's Tom Green, but he, he no he's basically a carbon copy, a contested kind of player. Um, not really a one trick pony, but uh, you know definitely has a, a key strength that he has, and it's maybe you know that's the reason that he missed out on round one selection and ended up being a late in, um, as as opposed to someone like Starsevich who was uh, selected in the the twenty two. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, it's it's a very similar situation for both of those guys. Um, both of them were equally as, um, I don't want to say bad, because obviously everyone plays their role in that, but um, they, they had this a similar type performance, and yet Starsevich was selected in the 22, and Robertson was a late in. So you'd assume Starsevich has that slight edge in job security. We don't know what they've been doing in the Pracky matches. Maybe that all changes, but at this stage, um, whichever one is dropped out of the tomb, it could be both. Um, you're looking to move on and, and get some cash generation in. Yeah, and I, I guess the the one thing that has affected Supercoach the most is with a lot of the journos not being able to go down to the uh, to to watch the Pracky games and intra yep. training and stuff of like that. We have less intel, which is which is the hard thing. We are going to be making a few guesses and you know inferences from information from multiple months ago. So we can only expect that. Um, 
he's in there for a specific reason. And with the midfield that they have at the moment, it's going to be difficult for him to force his way in. It's, it seems weird saying that Tom Green is probably going to hold his spot. You know, if you had to pick one of the two to hold their te- uh, hold their spot, you'd say Tom Green is going to make it, considering how strong both teams' um, midfields are. But uh, yeah, definitely one to, to 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 easily go to Tyler Brown if you missed out on him. Um, and that pretty much wraps up our midfield talk, JB. There's only really one person we need to talk about in the ruck line. And that is Max Gorn. Do we keep him? Do we trade him? Do we get Naismith? Do we not get Naismith? This is the time where you get to kind of expand on those thoughts from the top of the show about what you think you should do with Gorn, why you're going to do it, um, and what other people might consider doing conversely. Yeah, so if you asked me this a week ago, I was heavily in the Gorn to Naismith camp. Uh, like I said at the at the top of the podcast, I kind of got a wake up call with the hamstring tightness or awareness, whatever we're going with, uh, and that I just don't want to put my eggs in that basket. I don't have Segler in my forward line. I don't have Darcy Cameron. I'd essentially be having to spend at least two trades there uh, just in case Naismith does miss. And uh, the options for for me navigating around Naismith's price if he does get injured for a, a week or two is is just very limited. So um, I've kind of talked myself out of Naismith and um, probably, I mean, we're talking about Gorn here, not specifically Gorn to Naismith. Um, I didn't really consider any other Ruckman um, that, of, a, of a cheap price. Uh, there was potential that was mentioned that Wits was injured, which was uh, very exciting for everyone because Zach Smith became an option, but that that seemed to be fake news. So um, Naismith, the only option really, and I just I just think it's too risky, um, mostly due to injury, Chizo, and um, the fact that the money would be great. We can we can drain it out of somewhere else, which unfortunately means Dunkley makes way. But I've got a lot more confidence in Max Gorn than I do over Josh Dunkley at the moment. Yeah, and I I certainly agree with that. Um, I think the next week, uh, sorry, the next month with Max Gorn has the potential to just score off the charts. Uh, You've you got to remember, like he scored 93 and people, we kind of predicted this in the preseason. He was playing Nick Nat away from home at Optus Stadium on the hard turf, first up in the season. And he also had that little bit of a niggle in the preseason. So we were all expecting a little bit of a down score. And in the grand scheme of things, 93 wasn't bad considering what had happened leading up to it and the potential that he wasn't even going to be there or fit and firing in round one. So um, I am not too displeased with that, and it's kind of what I expected. If you keep Gorn this week, you pretty much just have to lump the price change. And this is something that people comment on all the time with Gore, with expensive players. Oh, they've scored 50. I'm going to lose all of this money. You're not losing anything. It's just the number next to their name, what you would trade for them if you're going to trade them out down the line. Gorn is someone that you should be thinking about keeping for the entire season. So whatever he drops in price this week or next week or the week after really shouldn't matter because... He's not someone that you're planning on moving on at any stage. Is that kind of making sense to you there, JB? Whatever whatever price he drops this week after he's 93 shouldn't worry you in the slightest because you're not planning on using that cash for anything if you're planning to keep him. Is that, is that on the money? And it's even better than that because even though he is going to drop a little bit in price, 
nobody's going to be trading in Gorn for at least a month, considering those who have Naismith need to build money and, and up one Let up, it one appreciate. down, etc. Yep, and uh, Gorn, although he is going to drop a little bit of money, the next month, as you've mentioned, is incredible for Ruck Run. And he, I can tell you now, there's every chance he's higher than his current price by the end of that four weeks. And that's when people will be thinking of getting him in. And it's still going to cost him at least 200k. So, um, And that's considering Naismith doesn't miss a game and does extremely well between now and then. So... Um, we're talking about someone who is almost unobtainable without at least a, a half dozen trades. Um, he, he's going to drop a little bit of price, sure, but the only person it affects is you if you trade him out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and uh, I guess another thing is the way that the rolling average is going to work to start this year is that he's going to have round zero at an elevated price because they're going to take the average that he's priced at currently. So suddenly in that three-round average, he's got a like 125 priced in there. So that initial drop in cash next week is not going to be as harsh. So if for whatever reason you wanted to wake one more week and then see how Gorn went, maybe um, he has another poor week and that's convinced you that you want to trade him off to someone else, he's not actually going to you know tank like everyone's expecting it you've got to trade him out now otherwise you can't use that cash it's not it's not that case at all and you know just to have a look at his next three games Carlton Essendon and Geelong his last two against Carlton he went 121 111 the last two against and now they've got pit net rocking instead of that's cruiser, right instead of cruiser uh, against Essendon 126 and 168. Um, he's going to have a field day against the Bombers. And then the Cats, who might might have Darcy Fort rucking for them, for example, last two against them is 116 and 139. So um, if, you're, yeah, if you're comfortable, you know, there's not a singular score under 110 there. If you're comfortable over the next three rounds, trading Gorn to Naismith with a hamstring awareness, knowing that he's probably not going to go below 120, over the next month, that's you know that, that's that, that's per, it's just something you have to be aware of. I'm not saying that what what your decision um, needs to be. That's totally up to you. It's your team. I'm just presenting as much of the information as I can. And uh, unfortunately, it's going to be through my biased lens on wanting to keep going with everything that I can possibly keep him with. Um, but yeah, just trying to 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 emphasise just how good of a point of difference he might end up being if a lot of people trade him out for Naismith, especially if he gets injured. And I do understand the need for money because, uh, like I said, again, referencing myself earlier in the podcast, my defense is shot at the moment and I absolutely need to find funds. And the easiest way I found to find money, Cheese Ho, was going gone to Naismith. Yeah. Absolutely solves almost every problem in my team except that one problem, and that's that I have Naismith over gone now. Yeah. And I, I just think it's too much of an issue. You lose. You're going to lose points. I mean, you know that going in. Can you make it up with the remaining amount of money that you invest into your team? <sighs> Maybe, but can you make it up over the season considering how difficult Gorn is going to be to get in later on? Still maybe, but that's that's kind of what you need to weigh up. If Naismith misses a game, are you going to make it up? Probably not. Um, so it's it's just you got to weigh up the risk and reward of you, mm. of you taking that money out of you know, all the other options you might have in your team. Yeah, and I, this is just a personal gripe. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. It's the term, it's the terminology that people use when they, they're moving on Gorn. 
what I'm what I always hear is people say, "Well, I'm making four hundred thousand by trading X to Z." You're not making anything. You're just redistributing the cash you already have allocated in your side. The question is whether reallocating that cash that you already had to restructure your side benefits you in the long run. That's the question. If if changing Gorn to Naismith doesn't do anything to your scoring power on field, you've done that trade for no real reason. Because we've took, we, we, there, there is the reliance on trying to make as many uh, dollars as possible to upgrade our team as quick as possible, but there's also a trade-off. The shorter season means you can't afford to let other people get ahead and try and chase points down. So I think the terminology needs to change a little bit as well because you're not making anything. You're deliberately restructuring your side to redistribute that cash in a way that you think is going to score you more points faster while also allowing you to generate cash. And I think that's that's a, just a personal thing that I, I wanted to bring up because uh, I see a lot of comments uh, uh, comments out there that they're, you know, I'll make this by trading this person or this one. We haven't made anything yet. We've got to wait for people to appreciate before we can actually start realizing these capital gains. So I think that's super important. Um, but that, that's, a, that's a really good discussion, JB. I, I hope that kind of shows both sides to the coins for, for those that are listening to, to us at this late stage. Uh, we'll jump into the forward line. And we do have to bring him up as much as I don't want to. It's my boy, <laughs> Darcy Parrish. What would Parrish do? I've got it on my wrist, brand, my wrist bracer here, JB. What would Parrish do? It's how I live my life. Um, but the important thing is looking at the center bounce attendance is it was basically non-existent. I think he had two for the game. They gave Stringer bloody 15 or something like that, which <laughs> just did. does just does my head in. I, oh, I do, you know, we've got this pick five who was a genuine ball-winning midfielder when he's juniors. Let's not use him as a centre-bounce midfielder because no one else can kick anyway. Um, but <laughs> this just, just turns into my personal <laughs> that, rant that's podcast, That's two gripes in a row from Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Come back for the third. It will be later on the podcast. But um, I'd love to know your thoughts. He's a little bit elevated uh, in price. He's not quite at the tippity-top of the, the, the forward line um, premiums. But as a breakout forward, uh, the, you know, people have selected hoping he's going to become a full-time midfielder now and be a top six forward. Oh, I think we've seen enough from the first round and a little bit of the preseason, even, even though he, he did play really well, is that he's just not going to be that mid that everyone hoped he would be. Yep, this is one of those ones where um, I see him and I see someone that we're about to talk about uh, after him, uh, well, one player after him. But uh, you just got to put your hand up and admit that you, you might have jumped maybe 12 months or 24 months too early. Um, you probably got it wrong. And the good news for you is that there are so many options to switch him to. Um, Petrarca played really well in round one. Hugh Greenwood played really well. You could do a switcheroo and get Viney there. Uh, you got Jai Simpkin, who played really well in round one as well. Um, there are plenty of options to switch Parrish to. Uh, maybe you missed out on Devin Smith, for example, Chizo. So um, there, it's honestly, it's. I'm not going to say it's a godsend because you've made an error. Uh, you're going to have to fix it, and it's going to cost you a trade. Um, but there are a few opportunities here where um, we talk about making money from Naismith and Gorn. You could make a, a good, you know, over a hundred k on going Parrish to Simpkin, for example. So. Um, there are ways to penny pinch besides the Gorn and Naismith move. Um, and if you started Parish, then there might be a bit of silver lining with, a, with an easy out of money making here. 
Yeah, so I, I guess uh, this kind of brings up a, a really interesting point because there's a few to pick from. If you were looking to bring in, um, let, let's say your top three, you know, straight swaps that you could trade Parish for, um, you know, like your Greenwoods and your, you know, I guess you could throw your Walters and stuff in there or something if you really wanted to. What would be your top three that you'd be looking to sideways into? So straight swap territory, we're looking at. Do I do I have to name them one two three? Oh, any any way you like. You can go three two one. I, I, I'm presuming that Whitfield and and Dusty are a little bit too elevated to be a They're straight swap. They're too elevated. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So count okay. count them out. So number number three, I'll put in uh, Hugh Greenwood, who obviously had a great first game for Gold Coast. Um, yep. Not something who I think we can we can automatically now say that he's going to average 100 for the season despite having a good first game. Um, I think we can be more confident now that he's going to be you know battling for that top six forward position. But um, I think he slots in at number three. Number two, I'm going to go with uh, probably Petrarca. Um He also played the the perfect role for what we could have hoped um, of having seen everything in the preseason. His game, um, kind of just like Greenwood's, does really suit the contested beast style um, of Supercoach, the way that it's trending at the moment. Uh, and number one, uh, who was the first guy you suggested, Jizo? <laughs> I've, I've lost, lost my head here. That, you gave me three really good options there. Uh, that is a great question. I can't even possibly remember. I, was, oh, I think I threw <laughs> out Michael Walters as an option as well. Cause, okay, uh, maybe, I, maybe I, not I, him. Yeah, okay. the, the, maybe those two are the top two, and then um, besides that, you're looking at um, money making options like De- uh, Dev Smith and, and Jai Simpkins. So yeah. those two, they're not they're not exactly a straight swap. They actually make you a little bit of money in, as well. So well, um, well, well, we just order, talked about making money, didn't we? Yes. Uh, in order, <laughs> we'll go with Devin Smith, uh, and then and, and reallocating that money. <laughs> am I repeating? Is there an echo in here? <laughs> it's yeah. all coming back around, Jizo. I, I like it. Um, um, I, I, I'll jump into the next player. Uh, it's Tom J. Lynch from the Tigers. There was the thought that the um, you know the shorter game format would mean that goals would be weighted more heavily, and you know goal scoring forwards would end up scoring quite well. Um, it didn't really seem to ring true in round one across all of the games. And if those that have taken a, a punt on Tom Lynch, uh, what do you think they should be looking to do with him? Because I still kind of see the value in the selection, but for the same reason I didn't pick him in the preseason, I wouldn't want him now either. Yeah, I think people that were confident in Tom Lynch kind of saw one side of the coin. And that's that if they you know start off the season with a few bags of goals... Considering the you know the a little bit added amount that they score for a goal now that they're more precious, um, they thought you know they they sort of went on that and just said you know he'll make lots of money he'll be averaging you know around a hundred mark, but the the other side the flip side is that if he doesn't kick a bag of goals you're looking at a really 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 low score, uh, and considering it's been played between the arcs a lot and and contested beasts are sort of running riot. Um, you do need your forward to kick a bag of goals to score well and to rely on that every single game. I, I know Tom Lynch is good. He's, he's probably going to win or be up there for the Coleman this season. But um, a bag a, a bag a game is just expecting too much. So um, I'd be surprised if he if he really put himself up for the contention of the, the top six to eight forwards this year. Yeah. I think we made a mistake there. I, I think if... You know, the the theory behind it made sense, you know. We 
players Absolutely. that players that kick big bags of goals should get scaled more in the shorter format because they're going to have more impact on a on a a, a game that is now um, so low in scoring. Like we're going to see a lot of really good games that are like forty five points to fifty five points. And so if you kick four goals in that game, theoretically you should get scaled really highly. So the theory, the idea behind it made sense. The problem is there's going to be more variance this year. You, you, you're you going to be relying on those goals, as you say, if you're a goal-kicking forward. So if you have a game like he did in round one against Carlton where he only kicked it behind and that was it, only had um, a half a dozen touches, yep. that variance is just going to be as you know lower than it would have been last year just as a good week is going to be higher than it would be you know, exactly last right. year. So uh, it's it, those waves that you're riding, they're the kind of things that you have you want out of your side. You want to pick players that are going to be consistent um, over the long term because just a, one bad week can um, lose your head-to-heads. It can really hurt you. you know, th- then you're falling behind trying to catch up. It's just one of those things you don't want to put yourself into that situation. So I've never really been a fan of... Um, you know, key forwards for that reason anyway. Um, but particularly in this year, uh, it's going to be so hard to pick which game they're going to kick six goals and score 250. Well, if you can't do it against Carlton, who's he kicking six goals and score 250 <laughs> points against? I mean, you know, you, you can't knock Richmond as one of the better teams of the comp. He's going to get supply. He's going to get really good quality supply. He's a good key forward. There's going to be games where he scores 150. It's just a fact. But whether you want to ride that roller coaster or not is completely up to you. And I just personally don't like doing that because the variance is just going to kill you on, on any given week. And, and yep. you know, you, you'll go sub um, 2,000 one week and the next week you'll have 2,300 because he actually came and kicked three goals. So um, it, it's just something to yeah, you know be cognizant of. And um, if you're happy going with that variance and you, you, that's something that you're, you're, fits with your model for your team, then go for it. But um, not for me personally. Uh, so we'll jump into the next player. Much hyped in the preseason was Andrew Brayshaw. Everyone expecting him to be the first of his draft class to really break out um, and you know stamp his name on the competition. We really expected him to get a full-time midfield role, or at least that was what it was mooted for in the preseason. We didn't really see that eventuate, JB. And I, I just assume that you're protecting Pistol a bit by saying everyone instead of just saying Pistol or that we expected him to break out and not just saying Pistol. Look, he's but, going um, on TV. I don't, I don't want to ruin his reputation before he gets there. Look, I just want to remove myself from, from these claims from you, Chizo. okay? <laughs> I did not expect him to break out. And uh, it did show in round one. He only played 65% time on ground. Uh, despite having an injury prior to round one, I don't think we can really uh, we we can't really tie those two things together. If you fit, you're fit. Um, only sixty five percent time on ground just was not good. Uh, the role was not good. I think his role will improve uh, as the season goes along. His time on ground might improve as the season goes along, but we just can't wait. And uh, like I said, he would be breaking his own history by averaging ninety plus, and you know doing what he has to do to be in that top six to eight forwards. And again, those who started him, uh, sorry, breaking history, I was saying, you know, because of his last two yeah, yeah. years of scoring, yeah. he's, he's so you. poor. He's never done it um, before, yeah. Exactly. Um, though, uh, if you did start him, you do have that same bailout as you do with Parrish and as you do with Tom Lynch. 
and that is that there are plenty of forwards to choose from. It is probably the most lucrative position that we have on our field at the moment. So uh, take your pick of players who played well in round one and, and you know one that you think will carry it on through the season. Yeah, and it's interesting because Brayshaw is renowned for his incredible endurance. I think he broke the yo-yo test during his draft year from memory. So mm. he's got that, that, that pedigree for being really, really... Um, fit and able. There's no reason he shouldn't be able to run out games. The 65% time on ground is interesting. He started every quarter on the bench, but you know the role wasn't exactly what we wanted. But I believe he was the third or fourth most attended centre bounces for Freo. I think he still attended double figures for the day. So he was definitely still getting midfield time. He just that limited time on ground, and you know it might have been because. The shorter format, he got stuck on the bench with five minutes to go in a in a sixteen minute quarter and couldn't get couldn't come back on. You know, um, it could have been something as simple as that where the ball was just stuck in scrimmage and they they weren't and he was just you know trying to get on but he couldn't get there. And so that's in a shorter format that's going to have a much uh, bigger impact on his overall time on ground. So um, trying not to extrapolate too much. The role wasn't great. He still did have some midfield rotations, which is really really good. He did start on the bench at the beginning of every quarter, which is not, you know, is is sign to me that he, yeah, a sign for me that he wasn't in their starting midfield rotation. I mean, it's easy to say that he wasn't there when they were starting the quarter, but um, it's enough for me to say that you know maybe this year isn't the breakout. Um, and so you might be looking looking elsewhere, JB. So uh, I really, really like how you sum that up. Uh, the next two are both rookies in our forward line. We've got Bedford from Melbourne. Thoughts on Benel coming in? Surely he is one of those that makes way for him. Yeah, Benel, Rivers. Um, there are another, I think, two confirmed players that are in for Melbourne. I think they've already uh, confirmed Jackson. four changes. Jackson's hey. in. Yeah, Jackson's in, and there's I think there's another one. Um, regardless. Jones uh, will come f- back as well, I think. So there's four yep. already. So there's at least four changes at Melbourne. Uh, Bedford has to go out. He did not play well enough uh, to be one of those rookie price players that just keeps his spot and keeps playing well. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be one and done. Um, It's a good opportunity for those of you, and by those, I mean me, uh, who (laughs) didn't start Sturt. Um, A simple sideways from Bedford to Sturt or uh, the next player we're going to talk about, essentially in the same boat, uh, I will jump ahead of you, Chizo Mm -hmm. and Sats, Kavara. Um, these two players, otherwise known as my forward bench at the moment. Um, <laughs> what, you don't have Max good... King on the... Oh, you... oh, okay, you got Max King I on don't. the field. That's fine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have him at all, unfortunately, again for me, because at least he'll play this week. Uh, but these two, unlikely to play uh, again for at least a few weeks. Um, I don't even know if VFL is going ahead, Chizo. I don't know if they can even fight their way back in. That's, that's a great question. I'm not on the committee. I'll get back to you. Thank you. Um, they they were borderline 22 as it, as it is. Um, both of them suffered losses in round one. Bulldogs obviously got the shellacking, so Kavara will likely go out for that one. And Bedford just is a victim of uh, too many players returning for his team. And funnily enough, as if Benel <laughs> has returned to kick someone out of the squad, uh, a rookie that we finally have, and Benel's come in and, and chopped out their play. So... Uh, I think both of these guys are an obvious correction to stir, and then you might have to leave the other one uh, to rot there for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think 
Kavara, he's 32. That's a, that's a, I think he's been hanging out with Bontempelli because I'll tell you his stats. He's got 32 <laughs> here, JB. He's got two kicks, one handball, one mark, one tackle, one goal, one behind. It was a good two kicks, though. It was a good two. Yeah, one of those kicks was a goal. One of the kicks were behind, and he put a tackle in. I, <laughs> no I think, I, I think he got a free kick from the tackle that he got to get the kick to kick his goal. So I think he made 30 of his 32 points in one play. <laughs> so, that is impressive. I, I, I think I think that's a bit generous when you, when you look into it. I, yeah, I, I think he's he's definitely one to make way. Um, usually, insides after they get a shellacking, they cull a few people that are scapegoats. Uh, is you know is Bevo going to remember what happened two months ago? Or is there is it going to be forgiven forget and he gets another game, or is he still harboring bad feelings towards him? He's probably harboring bad feelings. I don't think Bevo's one to to forgive and forget. But um, I actually don't know if they've got anyone uh, really uh, on the in the, on the midst of uh, returning from injury that they didn't have um, prior to that game. They might maybe they didn't play McLean or something like that who was on the borderline. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but uh, we'll see that when teams are released. But I highly doubt Cavara is named and. Uh, if he is dropped, which is expected, I don't think it'll be um, a quick turnaround for him either. So uh, one that I think we can freely trade out of our teams if he doesn't survive. Yeah, and Bulldogs have a pretty clean injury bill at this point in time. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's unlikely he's going to hold his, his place in the side, Jamie. So that pretty much wraps up our players that we think we might sell from our teams unless there's uh, anyone that you you have kind of tantalizing on the end of your tongue that you want to bring up before we sign off I just want people to know that I I will block and, and unfollow you on Twitter if I see you getting rid of Dan Houston <laughs> All right, he, he deserves at least one more try one more try what what what's the what's the above and below like over eight, under 85.5 and that's your over under 85.5. Ooh, who have we got? We've got Crows. Oh, I mean, if he doesn't turn up against the Crows, which is an easier matchup than Gold Coast, then I'll I'll be trading out myself. Right. In, in front of the home crowd too, I believe. So, um, the, the, the thousands, actually. <laughs> Which is factual. Uh, I, I, I just like to point out that I offered you 85.5 over under and you went 100. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm confident. Triple figure, so it's it's 100.5 above and below. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, 99.5. 99.5, all right, all right. All right, all right. <laughs> Give me that point. I was, trying, I was trying to sneak an extra point in there. I'll right? raise you 15. You don't have to raise the extra one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very, very good. Hey, JB, thanks for uh, jumping on the podcast and talking about some players that we might want to sell. Uh, if you do want to sell us your sob stories about the trades that you made uh, during the round to be, where can you find us on Twitter, JB? Uh, so you can find myself at JB underscore DRSC. Yourself, Chizo with a Z, uh, approximately before the O, uh, is <laughs> Chizo underscore DRSC. And uh, Pistol, the great man who will be on TV, TV star Pistol, Ten twenty-five a.m. tomorrow, the morning show. Please, please tweet some photos of Pistol. Um, that's at Pistol underscore DRSC. The main one is at Doctor 
underscore SC. So wildly inconsistent there. I don't know why we uh, <laughs> why we, did, why we were, went away from the pack there. But uh, yeah, so they are the handles. Thank you for having me, Chizo. I was... I was concerned I wasn't gonna get a ring up for the uh, the return of the podcast. You and Pistol were were pretty much running wild there. Yeah, we we do certainly have a monopoly on it, but we just thought Pistol's got to get an early night tonight. He's he he, he he needs his beauty sleep because he's got to go on TV. And look, I'm really hoping beauty sleep's th- you know something that works in a 24 hour period because uh, you might need to sleep for two years otherwise. No, <laughs> <laughs> just joking, Pistol. <laughs> Whack. Rick, Really proud of you, mate. Get, that's uh, what you get for not being here to defend yourself, Pistol. <laughs> Have fun tomorrow, and we'll be uh, we'll be signing into uh, make, well, taking a coffee break to make sure that you're uh, uh, you're not sweating bullets on TV. It's going to be great. Thanks for stopping <laughs> in with me, JB. Thanks for listening to the pod- podcast, guys. I hope that you're still excited for Supercoach in 2020 because the football is back. Supercoach is back. Well, there might have been a little gap in the middle, but we're still just as excited to get underway and start playing the game that we love, which is Supercoach. So hope you enjoyed. We'll catch you once again on the next podcast. Signing out.